Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm glad to be here today. Wow. <laughs> we had some um, great ministry going on here while I wasn't here. And <laughs> I've been battling uh, bronchitis for a couple of weeks. And the devil lost. <clears throat> I give specific instructions whenever my body gets attacked. Specific. I don't want people to say he's sick. You either say I am recovering yes. or I'm fighting it. Yes. Amen. Do you follow me? Yes. I am means I take possession. Okay, are you listening? Yes. This is important. It's just like I said, <clears throat> people say my fear. Fear is not mine. It was never meant for me. I can say fear, but I don't have to say my fear. I don't have to say my arthritis. You understand? Everybody with that? <clears throat> you take possession of it. Oh, man, I, I'd like to go 15 directions in one time right now, but I've got to stay where I'm, where I'm headed today. And I, I thank, for all of those that thank you for all those that stood with us in prayer. And faith is what I should say. <clears throat> prayer alone, you know, what we call prayer is not sufficient without it being accompanied by faith. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> I missed Friday night. Friday nights, we've started this year uh, on Friday nights once a month at the end of every Friday at the end of the month. We are having our team rallies. Okay. We want to get you. Pumped up. Yeah. Now, the reason why we want you to do that is because we want you to get pumped up for the victory. Okay? It's already won, but you got to get pumped up and you got to believe it. So, I missed Friday night, the first one of this year. And, uh, and by the way, if you want to be involved in our teams, uh, these rallies are not live streamed. So guess what I got? <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> but I did, <clears throat> I did uh, take that time while you're doing that, praying and agreeing with you by spirit. I was also being spirit-fed at the same time because I was listening to a great man of God. Always remember this. I'm going to pray in just a moment, and we're going to get into to the teaching but always remember, anytime you apply the law of faith, it will be contested. Always. Are you, are you understanding that? And Peter said that the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. If faith 
is the medium of exchange from a spirit world we cannot see into a physical world. There has to be value. Do you understand what I just said? That supports the medium of exchange, just like the U.S. dollar. There has to be value behind it to exchange for goods and services. So there has to be value behind what we call faith. Now listen very, very carefully. The world system cheapens and inflates what, what we call faith. And they try to put it into a category that is not based on God's word at all. They put it into a category of just mere human believing in yourself. Did you hear that? Believe in yourself. How many of you ever heard that? Just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. Uh, let me tell you what happens. I believed in myself and failed. The Bible says this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. When the Bible refers to faith, it refers to the God kind. Human faith alone cannot remove mountains. Your best efforts is still not good enough, my dad used to say. Your best efforts. So when you apply the law of faith, it has to be based upon not your confidence in your abilities. It has to be totally fastened and trusted in what God said. And there are times that God says something about me that my feelings and my mind say that's just not possible. That's hard to grasp. Okay? Therefore, we have to renovate the way we think in order to agree with it. Amen? Amen. The law of faith is used in the new creation system. Now, I want you to remember this. Two systems that operate in the world. There's the worldly system. That system is based upon, listen carefully, it's based upon fallen human nature and the law of sin and death. Okay? It's designed to fail. It's confused and it's lawless, by the way. It's what? Lawless. Do you know <clears throat> every person that violates the laws of God is a sinner, is what? A sinner. a sinner, okay? And the worldly system that Adam sowed us into that's been set up by the devil is a place of confusion, frustration, and failure. That's why it resorts to manip uh, uh, manipulation. It resorts to uh, uh, <clears throat> inequities, Prejudice. Have you ever heard this say? It's a dog eat dog world out there, right? And about the time, if you use that system, about the time you think you're going to climb out of the pit, something grabs your heel and pulls you all the way back to the bottom. 
That's the way that system works. And too many times we as Christians have fallen prey back to the law of sin and death, which is the worldly system. You follow me? Now, in the new creation, it's totally different. The new creation is governed by a set of laws. And it's the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus. This is spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. spiritual. And when I say spiritual, I'm not talking about being spooky. Okay? The world has what they call spiritual, which is uh, put into witchcraft and mediums and kudenderos and all that kind of crap. I'm sorry if that bothers you, Pastor Zona. But it needs to be in that class. Because, you know, and then when we talk about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, we're thinking that this is Casper, the friendly ghost. Do do you understand? What I'm saying, it gets an attitude. That's what we refer to. And it's, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. uh, I'm going to really lay the foundation for the law of of Christ. It's called the law of Christ is what we're going to talk about. But the law of faith, which Nita referred to, is the medium of exchange. It has value. The value of that faith is backed up and solely backed up by the word of God that has been tried and proven not to fail. Just like we should have a gold standard, our faith has a word standard. To make that medium of exchange valuable And highly prized. That's why the trying of our faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth. I am doing my best to conserve my voice right now. I have had, I'm going to say this before we turn to the scriptures and we get into the law of Christ. But always remember the law of faith was designed by God for us to access. Everybody say access. Access what has been paid for. You cannot access it any other way. The law of good deeds, your good deeds, listen carefully, and you can put it like that, the the law of ritual worship And the law of good deeds are the same thing. We call it the law of works. Was never designed for you to access what Jesus paid for. It was designed to restrain human flesh and be applied. Be applied to the physical realm. And God did it. Under the Old Testament for a reason. It was to restrain man from destroying himself. 
And you can find this in Galatians 3 and 4, which we won't take time to go to. That's what I was going to do, take Galatians 3 and 4 and just read those. But I know what I would do. You'd be here tomorrow afternoon. (laughs) But it was designed to constrain us or put us into uh, captivity, if you would, until the law of faith in Christ Jesus was revealed. When the law of Christ Jesus was revealed now, God wants us to access the spirit realm. The law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has freed me from the law of sin and death. Are are everybody with that? It was designed to hold us in captivity until the law of the faith of Christ. Okay, and you, I, I got all turned and off. These are all in the New Testament now. Could be revealed. Once it was revealed, now we access the spirit life that's in Christ through the law of faith in Christ. And I'll put it another way, the law of faith of Christ. We're no longer dealing with human confidence. We're dealing with God confidence, which never fails, which never fails because it's based On his love for us, not our love for him. Now listen very carefully. Make make sure you understand this. Pay attention. Our love for God is dependent on us receiving his love for us. Think about that for a moment. Our love for God is dependent... Upon us receiving his love for us. You can't love God until you receive his love for you. Up until that point, you're you're afraid of the punishment of God because you know that you're under the law of sin and death. Everybody here? I hope you're here by those that are viewing by live stream. And if you're surfing the net, your search is over. Keep it parked right here. Okay. The purpose of the law of faith is to access. That's its purpose. If it is misused, well, let me put it another way. You really can't misuse it. You either use it right or it doesn't work. Many times, many, many of us have used it wrong. I have had the privilege in my lifetime to be under and listen to great men of God and women of God, men and women of God, that <clears throat> I have caught things. I, didn't, I couldn't put them together, you know what I'm saying? But I caught things. And it began to build over a period of time 
for listen carefully, for such a time that's in this generation. I'm not born out of season. Now, I know that might sound, uh, you know, a little bit arrogant to those that don't understand, but I wasn't born out of season. I was born at the right time, just like you. You could have been born any other time in human history, but you weren't. Did you decide that? Yeah, nothing to do with it. So, if we were born at the right time for the right season of human history, then God is telling us because we live in a time in human history, we must be fed with the revelation for that time. And it's building line upon line, precept upon precept, until we get to that point where they where time seasons come together. Are you following me? We live at the end of a time and the beginning of a new time. It's called the end time. Are you listening? It's called the end time. So, we have to have revelation that has been preserved or hidden for that time. Now, I'm going to say some things to you. If the body, hear this phrase, if the body of Christ is going to do what God prophesied throughout his word would do in the last days, then we're going to have to eat on that level. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to be bottle broke. God wants the church to have some teeth, to eat some meat. Everybody say meat. God wants the church to have some teeth, to eat some meat. You don't send babies on the front line for warfare. And let me say this, babies don't have babies. Okay? So there, God is talking to us about maturing a little bit, getting some understanding. When I was a child, it didn't what, what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I felt like one, talked like one, walked like one, whined like one, cried like one. Is that right? But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Are you following me? So we're going to be, begin to talk about something. And I, I look back. I'm talking about this last year. I've looked back the last several months about how God was leading me in the teaching. And I want to say this to you. If, if you can't be here or you're not viewing by life, you've got to pick this stuff up. 
because God's, I've been saying it for two years, God's working on something big. And what God is working on is the culmination of past, listen carefully, workings to bring them to a completion or a maturity. Haven't you realized in the last several years, I'm not just talking about the last two years, but in the last five or six, seven years, haven't you realized that God is bringing to light things that have been hidden? And even on a national scale, even in our government, they've been brought to light that we've never seen before. We always suspected or maybe had a little feeling about, but it was always under the covers. Now God has pulled it back. Well, he's pulling it back on the church at the same time. And he's saying to us, it's time that you understand some things you did not understand. Because what I'm putting, what God has been saying to me, I have never put together. But these are things that have been put together. And I see, I see a picture that I've never saw before. Now, <clears throat> Father, I thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. Understanding in Jesus' name. Lord, give me clear thought and accurate words to convey this understanding. And give us all ears to hear and hearts to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, <clears throat> the law of faith, remember, there are laws that govern this new system that God deals with man. It's a new system. It's called the kingdom of God or the new creation. And we've investing uh, uh, some time in talking about the law of faith. But I'll, here's where I want you to focus. You take a law that's used for a specific person, purpose, like the law of faith to access. The law of faith is always used to access. It's, it's the entrance. You don't use, listen carefully, the law of good deeds to access. You follow? If you're going, it, then it's a misuse of the law, and guess what happens? You disqualify yourself from the access. How many of you think that you could take monopoly money down to the grocery store and buy groceries? The only time that Monopoly money does any good is when you're playing Monopoly. Are y'all here? Yes. Okay. So, if it's used anywhere outside of that game, it's illegal tender. So, we take the law of faith for access. Only for access. Okay? We don't use it to brag about it or puff ourselves up because we can't glory in that. Because it's, its trueness or its value is backed up by the trial of the word of God that has always been proven to be pure as gold. And it always works. 
So we got to get rid of some preconceived ideas and begin to renovate the way we think in these things. Are you following me? Because there are going to be, in these days, things that will try to hinder your faith, your access. Shake it off of the Word of God and get it planted somewhere else. And in doing so, stop the access. Now, why is he concerned? Why would the enemy be concerned and shake people's faith? And there's been a lot of people had their faith shaken in the last couple of years. Why would he do that? Because he doesn't want you to access. Remember, access gets you into another law. Which is called the law of Christ. Now, man, let me take you to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. I'm conserving my voice is the only reason why I'm not jumping out up and down and spitting at you. Okay. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, I want us to read verses 21, and we'll read down through 31. Here again, I'll be reading it out of the King James Version. In fact, everywhere we'll go today will be the King James. Look at verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God. Now, the previous verses were talking about people relying upon earthly, worldly wisdom thinking they, got, they, they can know God that way. You can't. For after that, in the wisdom of God, that the world, the worldly system, by, the, by wisdom, their wisdom, by their wisdom, okay, knew not God. So the world has a wisdom, but it, it, it's earthly. It's sensual And devilish is what James says. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Now, I want to just emphasize this for just a moment. Preaching. Everybody say preaching. I therefore ordain everyone in here by the Holy Spirit that you are a preacher. The word preaching means proclamation, to proclaim. So God, it pleased God by the foolishness of proclaiming. It is foolish in the world's wisdom. Therefore, they do not. What's the first thing they tell you? What's the first thing they tell you when you start talking to them about Jesus? Don't be preaching to me. That's the world's wisdom, isn't it? Don't be preaching to me. Well, I got news for you. Your only deliverance has come through the preaching of the gospel. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach, and I'm going to preach. And I'm going to preach, and I'm going to preach, and I'm going to preach. Now, you don't have to listen. 
but I'm going to preach it. Turn to your neighbor and say, open up your mouth and proclaim it. And just because they say shut up, God says for you to preach it. God says for you to do what? What does God say to do? They're going to tell you to shut up because they're using another wisdom to try to perceive God. And God chose the foolishness of proclamation. Proclaiming it. Glory to God. Man, oh man. Jesus helped me to constrain myself. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. In preaching it, there will be some that will believe the proclamation. The proclamation of the gospel. Now, we see another place in the New Testament, each man after his own order. Sometimes when you preach, they're not ready to listen. So, because they're still confidence in their, they still got self-confidence. So we just keep preaching it anyway and let them get to the point that they run out of self-confidence. Are you following? And guess what? We're going to still be doing when they run out of self-confidence. We're going to keep proclaiming. And finally, they're going to come to the conclusion that what we're proclaiming, I've tried everything else, so now I know that it doesn't work, so guess what? I'm going to try this proclamation of the gospel. Are you, are you everybody with that? Now, I know that seems simple, but it's profound, and I want you to grasp it. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Now, they're seeking after wisdom, but they're not going to get it because they're seeking it after the worldly system. But we preach, we proclaim. Underline this, please, if you have a Bible or if you have an electronic mechanism that you're using. Highlight this some way. But we preach what? Christ. Now, we're going to get to the rest of that, but I want you to get to We proclaim Christ. We proclaim Christ. Now, that's important of where we're going. We proclaim or preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. That's a stumbling block because uh, it was through (laughs) their trickery and that (laughs) this worldly system crucified him. But they didn't know that they were playing into the hands of God. Are you following? Okay. And unto the Greeks, that's just foolishness. Unto the Greeks, it just seems stupid. Okay. Because they can't glory. They can't puff themselves up. All right. Watch carefully. But unto them which are called, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. That word called means invited, ordained, if you would. But to them which are called. Everybody say called. Called. Do you know that God's got a calling upon every believer? A calling. Everybody say calling. calling. I want you to get this because in times past, in times past, the church... Emphasize the calling on the person that stood up here. 
But in the last days, God is emphasizing the calling of every believer. Because God, God, God used a few men and women, and they impacted thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people. But God is not looking for that anymore. The day of big names is gone out the window. Are you listening? He's going to use the believer. Everybody say the believer. Okay. To them which are called, both Jews and Greeks. In other words, both Jews and Gentiles. Okay. Because he's tore down that wall that's been between them. He's tore it down. Now listen, this is, this is so important. I'm going to say this, I'm going to say it boldly, and I want you to get this. I keep emphasizing it, and I'm going to emphasize it again. If you focus on the externals, such as the color of a person's skin, or whether they're male or female, if you focus on that, you're going back to a system that's governed by the law of sin and death. You read this in Galatians 3 and 4. That's your homework, by the way. There is no difference. God does not respect the white man over the black man, nor the black man over the white man. The worldly system does that, and it's jerked around by the lies of the devil to keep people focused off, on, on, off of the true and uh, living system, whereby the external is influenced by the internal. Do you understand? If you got any type of prejudice on the inside of you, you need to let it, the Word of God purge it out. Let the Word of God purge it out. Now, I want to make a statement here, and I want you to listen to me. Jesus... If, if you're white, your kids are white, you better not be concerned on whether they marry a black person or not. You better be concerned on what's in that person's heart. You better get that straight. If you don't get that straight, okay. So they, after the worldly wisdom, married another white person who turns out to be a, a, a drunk, a bum, beats them up, abuses them, molests them. But guess what? After the worldly wisdom, you pursued, and therefore you did not proceed by the Spirit of God. Are you following what I'm saying to you now? This is important. 
Okay. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, everybody say Christ, the power of God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God. The power of God. The power of God. Now, this word power is so, so important. And I got to read the rest of it. <clears throat> I got to read the rest. Let's, let's read it. I'll come back to it in a minute. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Even God clowning around is wiser than man's wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, am I looking at God's clowning? <laughs> no, let me put it this way. Y'all looking up here. Y'all looking up here. Y'all look up here. Am I looking at God's clowning? <laughs> okay. Because the foolish of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. My dad used to put it this way. When you are at your weakest, that is when you are at the strongest. Why? Because you know your own human effort alone is not sufficient. Are you following? Now your total trust and reliance and confidence has to be in the power of God. Are, are you, you, you grasp that? Glory to God. We're going somewhere. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep from preaching because, number one, my voice. Number two, I want to lay the foundation. For we see your calling. We see your calling, your invitation, your ordination. We see your calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh. After the what? Another system. And not many mighty, not many noble are called. You know why? Because they're filled with their pride and they want to boast of themselves. God's taking boasting out. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Glory to God. Now, how many of you ever had an inferiority feeling? God chose you. <laughs> Why do you think you're having that inferiority feeling? That inferiority is the worldly, fleshly, demonically inspired thing that crops up in your flesh and you begin to belittle who you are. I'm not sufficient. Yet, at the same time, God has given you you, 
that feel that inferiority, he has given you an invitation. I'm going to use you who feel inferior. Because you're going to have to put your trust to get the job done in something that is superior to that feeling. Are, are everybody with that? You got that? Glory to God. Watch carefully. That no flesh, that no flesh, that no flesh shall glory in his presence. My dad, you know, pastors go through this too. And some of you have heard me make this statement. I'm going to say it again. My dad, when he's in the ministry and pastoring the church, and sometimes you feel insufficient and you... You have these days when you have these inferiority things come to you and to meet, you know, to try to meet the challenge. And he was feeling that. And Brother Altry came to see my dad. And he seen that dad was kind of down. Didn't seem like we was making any, he was making any progress as a pastor. And he said, what's wrong, Brother Allen? And he says, I just, I just don't know why God ever called me. And brother, I, you have to know Brother Autry. I love him. He started laughing. <laughs> and he started laughing. He said, oh, Brother Allen, I know exactly why God called you. Because he was looking for as near nothing as he could find. <laughs> Glory to God. How many of you feel in, co- in company? That's why the devil always wants to use the spirit of intimidation. And no flesh shall glory in his presence, but of him who are in Christ Jesus. Notice what it doesn't say. I want you to get this. Who are in who? Christ Jesus. Notice it doesn't say, but of those who are of him in Jesus Christ. Now listen very carefully. Listen, listen very, 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 very carefully. At the age of 30, which God willing will get there in these verses. At the age of 30 is when the transformation of Jesus of Nazareth took place to become Jesus the Christ. We'll get there. So now, after the resurrection, the emphasis is not on Jesus of Nazareth, but the emphasis is, emphasis is on Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. And by the way, Christ is not the last name of the man who walked the shores of Galilee. Like my name is Ronald Allen. Okay? If we treat it just like that, most of the time we don't even know what the last names mean anyway. It means that he's anointed of God. Everybody say anointed. I'm going to emphasize that. We, we treat it so... We asked, who, what's your name? My name is Ronnie, Ronald. 
Well, when I asked you your name, you should have put it all in there. Ronald, Dale, Allen. Because that's my whole being. You follow? Christ became part of his name when he was anointed. Okay? Watch this. But of him who are in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. We have a different wisdom now. Righteousness, a different way to access. Sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification means setting apart. We're being set apart. We're different. Now, you've got to get used to this. Everybody say, I've got to get used to it. I'm different. Well, some of y'all didn't say that. Say that again. I'm different. I'm, I'm the exception to the world's rules. Say that again. I am the exception to the world's rules. In fact, you know what I am? I am a gift from heaven through Christ Jesus. I am his ambassador to earth. Now, I, man, I want to go into this. I really do, but I don't have time. Do you know what an ambassador has diplomatic immunity? I just throw that out there. Sanctification, I'm set apart, and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. My boast is upon the anointed one and his anointing. The very word Christ means the anointed one. And it refers to, of course, Jesus the man. Because he is the only one that is anointed by God. However, it also includes not just the one who is anointed but it refers to the anointing of the one who is anointed. When we make Jesus the Lord of our lives and access this new creation through the faith that's in Christ Jesus, the gospel of Christ Jesus, we become a new species of being. We, our spirits have been reborn. We have been born out of the dead. Our spirits were dead to God. Okay? That's why he had to use external extremities to constrain man until he could get him back to the place whereby he deals with man from the spirit realm. Are you following me? You are a spirit being. And now that he's gotten us to that point and the revealing of faith in Christ Jesus, he's invited us to participate and become a member in his anointing. Everybody with that? Now, I'm setting you up for something. That you need to grasp. You need to, I'm laying it line upon line for a moment. 
but I want you to grasp it. Go with me if you would. When did Jesus become the Christ? Go with me to Luke. Now, he's, he was ordained. Don't misunderstand me. He was ordained from the foundation of the world. So, I want you to get this was the plan of God. But I'm talking about in human history. You follow what I'm talking about? I'm talking about in the way God deals with man. Uh, in human history is what I'm referring to. Our time here on earth. When did that happen? For 30 years, listen very carefully, for 30 years, uh, let's read it. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Ghost, everybody say the Holy Ghost, descended in a bodily shape like as a dove lighting upon him. Or, uh, upon him. You ever seen a dove light? It just kind of hovers and just hovers and lands. Okay? And it came upon Jesus like. And a voice came from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son. In thee I am well pleased. Why was he well pleased? Because he was born under the law of good deeds and fulfilled it for 30 years. Never once violating, yet was pressured. Are you following me? Are everybody with this? It, only God could do that. And Jesus himself to be, uh, began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Okay. That was what it looked like. It looked like Joseph's son, but it wasn't Joseph's son. It was God's son. Everybody with that? Okay. Now, up until this point, up until this point, you can refer to the fact that there were no miraculous deeds done by Jesus. None. Not one. Not one. But after this point, from then on for three and a half years, the miraculous was done through his hands. Okay? Now, go with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Glory to God. Now, while you're turning to Acts chapter 10... If you look at this, I know that the title probably says Acts of the Apostles, but there were a lot of acts done in here that the apostles didn't do. In fact, I, I would refer to it as the Acts of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Now, 
By the way, just to give you an example, Stephen was not an apostle. But God had him do many mighty works. Okay. So Acts chapter 10, Peter speaking. I only want to deal with verse 38 right now. You can study this out for yourself. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Everybody, did you get that? With what? The Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. In case you don't know it, we're about to go into the teachings of the Holy Ghost. You cannot separate the teachings about the Holy Ghost from the teaching of Christ. They're one and the same. Okay, watch how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Remember the word power a while ago? Christ is the power of God. Who, what did he do with this empowerment? Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Now, oh my goodness. Oh, Jesus. Let me say this before I move on. Jesus came to redeem us. But remember, he's not only made unto, Christ is not only made unto us redemption, but he's made unto us sanctification, he's made unto us, uh, what was the other one, wisdom, what's the fourth one? Sanctification, let's go back here, what was it? Righteousness, thank you, he was made unto us, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Most people focus strictly on the redemption. There's nothing wrong with focusing on redemption. But if you focus on it without the other three, you won't get a complete, completed picture. Jesus came to redeem us. Everybody can agree with that. Amen? Amen? But he also came to be our wisdom. He also came to be our righteousness, right standing, access, qualification. And he also came to sanctify us, set us apart. Okay? You got to think about these. Just let them mull over on the inside of you. Okay. But guess what it was? It was Jesus of Nazareth whom God anointed as Christ that began, listen carefully, began to not only fulfill all of those things, Redemption, yes, we know that he's a picture of redemption. I mean, he is redemption. He is the redeemer. 
But he's also the sanctifier. He's also the righteousness. He's also, listen carefully, he's also, what was the first one? <laughs> Wisdom. Paul said, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. Did you get that? Man's wisdom. Man has a wisdom and it's worldly. It's devilish. But he came to reveal the wisdom of God. Now listen, here's the wisdom of God. Jesus came to perform that for three and a half years. Yes, to fulfill scripture and yes, to show redemption and yes, to do all of those other things. But he also showed us how he's going to empower us to live. Always remember something. God never, 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 never tells you to do something that he doesn't do. And he will never tell you to do something that he doesn't empower you or equip you to do. Now, your flesh may shake and quake and say, how in the world am I going to do this? Not by your wisdom. But by the empowerment of my wisdom. I am going to set the body of Christ, the anointed one. I'm going to separate them. In case you haven't been getting this for the last two years. There has been a separation going on. Okay. Why is that? The answer, listen carefully. I want you to hear me, America. The answer to America, the answer to the other nations of the world is that the body of Christ walk in the law of Christ to deliver this generation from the lies of the devil. It will not be done any other way. Oh, man. Oh, I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. How God, so that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. This is what I want to focus on for the last few minutes. What is the anointing? Or to anoint, when you anoint someone, when you anoint your hands, what do you do? You rub lotion in it. You're rubbing lotion into it. Uh, uh, how many of you have ever had some dry uh, portions of your body and your, just about every portion of my body's been dry? <laughs> okay, but <clears throat> you, you, you're, you're dry. You that have olive skin, you need to thank God. <laughs> Anyway, us albinos are in trouble. Anyway, what do you do? You you rub in. You rub. You, you're not you're not only putting it on. You're rubbing it in. To anoint means you're rubbing in. Okay, how God anointed Jesus the man. 
with the Holy Ghost and with power. What he was saying is I'm going to take a righteous man and I'm going to rub myself into him. Which will empower the man with God abilities. Are you, are you understanding that? Let me just give you this. What did Paul say? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Or we could say that word which could be interpreted who strengthens me. Okay. On the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. Filled, the, filled every one of them up with, and they began to speak with tongues of fire. Okay? And the church of the Lord Jesus was born. Empowered with the same rubbing of God upon the man, Jesus of Nazareth. We look at the book of Acts. We look at these things back then and say, well, you know, God did it back then. And, and you got so many churches say, well, that was all passed away. He only did it for the apostles. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he did it to believers. You got to have uh, you got to have religion to help you to misunderstand it. <laughs> it. Says very plainly, he did it. To, These signs shall follow them that believe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Let's talk about the word power. How many of you give me about five minutes? Let's talk about the word power. This word power, of course, is the Greek word deutimus, and we get our English word called dynamite. But there's something about this definition that we need to go deeper. It really means force, especially miraculous power. How God rubbed himself on the man, Jesus, okay, with the Holy Ghost and with miraculous force. Now, the next definition, that, that's what the, the basic fundamental word means. But here it means strength, power, or ability, and it has six different uses that I want you to get, six different uses. The first use, remember the, the definition, strength, force, or power, ability, it really means, uh, uh, the use means inherit power, inherit, like you got an inheritance, everybody like that? Like you got an, Jesus paid for us to have an inheritance. 
inherit power. Power, listen to this, residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. By virtue of its nature. So a power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. So let's take it like this. If we plant a peach seed, the nature that's in that seed empowers that seed to become a tree and reproduce peaches. The force or the ability is in the nature of that seed. It's inherited. Are you following that? Glory to God. Oh, I want to jump off this platform, rip this all off, and and get in your face. (laughs) By virtue of its nature, listen carefully, or which a person... Or a thing exerts or puts forth. So our exertion and putting forth is spiritual. And it, it, with the law of the spirit life, the law of the spirit life, the law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Glory to God. The second use is the power of performing miracles. The power of miracles is in you when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The power of miracles. Glory to God. Third use. I really like this one. Glory to God. Moral power and excellence of soul. Moral power. You must have the power of the Holy Spirit To live the holy life. The power of the Holy Spirit is the force that reproduces that life in you. I want to make this statement. The whole purpose of you being born again is to infill you with this force. It is not to take you to heaven. It's to put heaven in you. So no matter where you're at, the heavenly endowments, endowments if you would, would force a new way of living in your surroundings. Glory to Jesus. And guess what it does? It brings excellence of the soul. What is excellence of the soul? It changes your personality. 
Some people, God, God don't want to change me. He wants to use me the way he is, the way I am. Are you kidding me? You'll hit and miss. Mostly miss. No, 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 no. It's a consistency. Are you following me? Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I know I'm taking a little time here. And those that are viewing by live stream, I know. I don't, yeah, but you, but you got to pay attention. You got to get this last bite of steak. Okay. The number four usage is the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. That belongs to riches and rich in faith. Wealthy with the anointing. Number five, power and resources. Glory to God. Arising from a number, arising from numbers. So power and resources arising from numbers. You got more going for you than you got it going against you. And what you got going for you outweighs and outnumbers what's going against you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm. Number six. And it kind of relates to number five, but Number six, use. Power consisting on, or consisting in and resting upon armies, forces, and hosts. Now, I just want to close with this. That word dudamus really means like a hurricane force. When we hear that on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, we assume that it means there came just a strong gust of wind that kind of blew the doors and windows open, you know. No, 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 no. It got the attention of everybody in Jerusalem. It was a force. A hurricane force. The wind so powerful that it had people startled. And God is saying in these last days, mm, what he's going to do, he's going to empower the church to a level of a hurricane force. Whereby the numbers are going to overwhelm the lies of the devil. Nada mentioned that there's something mounting. There's something growing. This is going to be a time for the righteous to flourish like a palm tree. Glory to God. I'm saying this prophetically. Listen carefully and hear me clearly. Corona 
is on its last leg. And it ain't got a leg to stand on. It's fixing the one that it's standing on now. How many of you ever tried to stand on one leg with a hurricane force? Glory <laughs> to God. We have been lied to, cheated, cheated, manipulated, and everything else to believe that this corona is bigger than our God. And he ain't. He's a lie of the devil, and it's on its last leg, and I got news for you. Now, listen, those that are corrupt are going to try to prop it up. But I got news for you. It's on its last. And I'm not saying that it hadn't showed up, and I'm not saying it maybe it visited your house. But I'm telling you the day of the spirit of fear over corona is coming to a swift end. coming to a swift end and I believe that you're going to see it in 2022 its heyday has passed its heyday has passed glory to God oh stand up with me you got to stand glory to God thank you Jesus we're going to we're going to don't you miss Wednesday nights because of time I had to cram this in here Okay? Don't you miss Wednesday nights. If you can't be in here, and I encourage you to be here, it's better if you're here. But if you can't for some reason be here, you make sure you listen. Because we're going to talk about the law of Christ. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Oh, yes, Lord. We thank you. We give you praise. Right now, Wherever there's a person listening, whether it's in this building or it's through live stream, Father, I thank you right now for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say in the name of the Lord Jesus, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled. Be filled to overflowing. To the, the force That was in the life of Christ so overwhelms those just by sure numbers of revelation overwhelm those doubts and fears in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. By the force of the power of the Holy Spirit Glory to God. The spirit of fear would be broken over Corona. And a holy boldness would grip the heart of the believer who is called to believe in the force of heaven. Glory to God. That the force of heaven would so overwhelm our spirits till the doubt of our loved ones, to the doubt about our loved ones, but be overwhelmed with the joy of that force that they are surrounded by the host of heaven. 
And surrender is the only course of action. Glory to God. Somebody grab that. Somebody grab that right now. Somebody lay hold of that. Access it by faith. Glory to God. No matter where they go, no matter what situation they're in, no matter if they're running full force away from the God of love, that they will be surrounded by the force of the Holy Spirit that they can't run from it. Like David of old said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I flee to the four corners of the earth, you're there. I cannot, I cannot escape the presence of the Holy One. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be so real in our hearts that we no longer wonder, worry, or frustrated over the hindrance of their coming to Jesus. All we have is unspeakable joy and full of glory. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Now, folks, when you pray, you pray like that with boldness. With boldness. The day of our intimidating prayers are over. We're not begging God. God has already settled the issue in heaven. He's waiting for us to agree. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you right now. We give you the praise. We thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, we are the healed. We thank you, Father God, right now that your grace surrounds us like a shield. Follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. Father, we thank you that you've given your angels charge over us. Our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the authority of the name of Jesus to use, which we invoke right now. And we declare, say this with me out loud, in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Father, we thank you right now, glory to God, that you fill us so full of your love that everywhere we go, every person we come in contact with, that your love just oozes out of us, touches them in the name of Jesus. We give you the praise and the honor for it in Jesus' name, amen. I want to say this real quickly. I know that I've taken a few minutes longer. Message too important. We have an election coming in here in Texas. Primaries. You need to start getting ready. If you're, not a, if you're not registered to vote, you need to get registered. If you've moved since the last time you voted, you need to re-register. I think the 31st is the last day you can do so. So you need to take care of business. Everybody say, take care of business. Think about millions of Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled people showing up to the polls will overwhelm the poles with the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then you need to vote 
platforms. You follow me? We don't want to prop up the devil's work. And then you need to investigate and find out who's running in those primaries and who have a biblical base. They'll give you enough information if you're looking. You can't lazy your way through it. But I encourage you to vote. Glory to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com. Thank you for believing in our mission.